And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast episode, I have the Boston Badass Paige with me from the Movie Trivia Schmodown. Say hello to everybody. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I mean, uh, as a fellow Bostonian as yourself, I can't wait to talk about the town. So thank you same for here, having same me. Here. You're very welcome. It's always a pleasure to actually have some people from the Movie Trivia Schmodown to come over here and converse with me about one of my favorite movies, which is The Town. So let's go ahead and dive into this thing. I, I'm I was I'm even more excited the first time I saw this now and everything too and stuff. So let's do this. Um, so pretty much I'm just gonna give you a little bit of a plot line of what this movie's about for people who haven't seen it. This movie stars, of course, uh, you have Ben Affleck in this movie, you have Jenny, Jenny, uh, Jeremy Renner. And basically, it's about these guys who grew up in the town, Charlestown. And they're uh, bank robbers, stuff like that. And, you know, they basically work for this guy who actually owns a florist. And then we wind up seeing other stuff that winds up going down in that. And we'll get unpacked that in a few minutes. But, Paige, as you were mentioning before we started this whole entire thing, where the opening scene is basically about how uh, Charlestown... pretty much got ruined because of all the crime and things like that that happened in there. And that's also something that is actually part of the town on the whole, as a, like a little small Easter egg, which is something that I really do appreciate from it. Oh man. I mean, that's, I, I used to work in radio. So like literally I used to work um, at uh, Beasley media, which is right. The Boston globe isn't there anymore, but like, it's so cool to see like that opening, that opening sequence of them, like the quote from the Boston Globe saying like, uh, Charlestown like ruined my life, but I'm so grateful for it. And that how pretty much Charlestown is the number one uh, city in the world for most bank robberies and uh, truck heist. To me, like, and it's not to be like proud that like I'm there because of that, but like, it's just, it's, it's very authentic and different that we are, I mean, that's what we're known for. I mean, we are badasses, I guess. <laughs> like Exactly, exactly. Uh, but no, it's it's so cool to see the um, authentic, authenticness of like Boston itself and how it's represented in this film and how true it really feels because then again, the director himself, Ben Affleck, is from Boston. So the way he uh, depicts Boston and the city itself in Charlestown, I think to me is like spot on, so... Definitely. Like I said before, this is like a love letter to us as fellow Bostonians and stuff like that. I really do feel like this is like a love letter to us. And then also, too, you know, we actually see Doug McRae and then we see Jim played by, of course, Jeremy Renner, then Albert uh, Glossini, Matt Golan, and uh, of course, Desmond Dez. Eldon, uh, who's actually a Robert Bank assistant manager, uh, Clary. Casey mm-hmm. is a hostage who is uh, released unharmed. That whole entire sequence, whenever they're robbing that bank, and then they're also going into the whole entire thing of analyzing the security guards and going into they did their homework on this bank and they knew oh, yeah. the manage how the manager schedule and everything else that I thought played out really well. But you know, they come in there with the with the guns and everything, and then also too, they're dressed in like a skeleton mask and stuff like that is really horrifying if you think about it and then also too you know and then also too they're also getting people to go on ahead drop their cell phones and everything and then next thing you know it they're putting the cell phones into water so that way they can't not be tracked nobody can go ahead and dial 911 and of course there's this always this one hero that always winds up trying to do the right thing but instead it always winds up backfiring on them but he winds up tapping his foot on something to try and alert the cops and everything. Yeah, I think but, it was uh, Rebecca Hall's character that actually ends up doing it too, but they think it's, uh, I always think of his character name from Alias. I don't know why, but um, no, they think it's the assistant bank manager that does it, which is so funny. But I lo- like to me, that was such a great, it's not even a cold open, but like that open opening scene itself is just so, it's so crazy to see how they infiltrated this heist and it shows that like, it's funny. People think people from Boston like are not intelligent at all. But fun fact, everyone, we have one of the best school systems in the United States of America. We also have the best hospitals. Like, so like yep. people are crazy when they like say like these guys were geniuses. Everyone played a role in the heist. They all knew what they were doing and what they had to do to succeed the heist and to get away with it. Everyone had a role they had to play, and everyone was spot on. 
I mean, then again, Jeremy Ren is kind of just like the asshole, like the <laughs> he's the buff yeah. guy. But like you can see, like Ben Affleck's character is like the calm, collective one, and then you have the other two. One's taking care of the uh, like the video cameras and the phones and such like that. So like everyone played a role in this film, like in their group of like their heist group so well that it just like the way they infiltrate everything is just so spot on. And then obviously whoever came up with those damn mask ideas, genius. <laughs> they look so real looking, to be honest with you, on how realistic they actually look, especially with the nun though, because it's rare that you actually see a mask where the mouth is actually moving and it actually looks mm-hmm. like an old person and stuff like that too. So that was actually pretty interesting on how they actually did the cosmetics for the nun for those nuns outfits and everything too. So I really have to give the makeup artist and the people who did the mask praise on that. But, you know, you actually feel something for the the woman, the uh, for Clary and everything though too. Oh yeah. I mean that, and that was like a big thing. Like I was watching this movie last night and it's like when they, they kidnap her because they're just like, we need to take a hostage. Like, Jamie Ren is like, we have to take a hostage. Like, we have to, like, show that we're making a point. Like, and I, I love that scene that they were just, like, they get her in the van and they, like, put a mask on her. And then pretty much they drop her off at, like, definitely some beach in, like, Southie or something. And they're pretty much just, like, walk, walk to the walk to the water. And once you feel the water on your toes, take off your mask. And she, like, says it perfectly. Like, it felt like the longest walk of my entire life. And it felt like I was walking off a cliff. Because, like, imagine being in that situation, how suspenseful that might be. They're, like... A, you really could just be walking off a cliff or a building or something. Or T, you can turn around, take your mask off, and then they're going to shoot you right in the face. Like, to me, it felt very, like, Mystic River-like that, like, this situation could go bad at either scenario. So, but I just, I'm obsessed with this movie. It's so damn good. Everyone plays their characters so flipping well. (laughs) Definitely. And then, you know, like I said before, with Claire and everything, though, too, like you said, she's walking down on that beach hoping to have feels some type of water underneath her feet and everything. You can definitely tell that Ben Doug is actually the common collective one versus Jeremy Renner's character, who was probably wanting to just put a bullet in her head and everything. And that was it because you can even see that though, too, later on, like, look, we got to take care of loose ends. And Doug is like, what loose ends? I got this covered. Don't worry about it and everything. And they're like, nah, I got to take care of her. No, I got it. <laughs> yeah, know? no, that like, man's like a heavy hit. It's so funny, that, like, too, like, they're best friends. It really shows that opposites attract, I guess. Like, <laughs> they were two best friends that grew up with each other, like, just on the, like, kind of, like, I don't even want to say in the wrong neck of the woods, but, like, just from the wrong, like, sometimes, like, your family situation really can depict who you are in life. And, obviously, that happened with both those characters, in a sense. Like, for example, like, Ben Affleck was, was going to be a pro hockey player, and but he was too into fighting and all this stuff because his dad was also a bank robber. And like, I mean, we learn more of this down the line too, with like Fergie, the florist, who is like the, I forget what the word is. I'm looking, the mule that they're doing all these heists for. Cause he's the one that gets it for them and everything like that. But it's just, and I love that scene too. I know this is like jumping way ahead, but like when he says like, I can see all your daddy's faces in you. Like it's, it's just crazy. Like it's it sucks that they got stuck in the path of life that they did, but like they were damn good at it, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, you can definitely tell that they got sucked into that lifestyle because even his dad said, "I gave you a hobby, and then you just go ahead and go with it, rather than going off and doing something else." You know? No, exactly. And yeah, but then okay, you know, like talk, yeah, let's talk about like the cinematography of this film because oh my god. The way they depict Boston and like the city itself is just so surreal and just so beautiful too. Like, I mean, I used to work in the city, so like driving over like the Zanka Bridge all the time and like seeing the Boston sand and gravel place, I'm like, hey, that's where Ben Affleck worked in the movie. Like, it's just like so cool <laughs> to see those little the dive bars that they hung out in, or I mean, Lansdowne Street and like Fenway Park and stuff. Like, that was just like so surreal. And I was telling you before this, like I used to work at Fenway like in the promotions department so it's so cool to be like i mean obviously i've never been in the money room but like those little divot areas that they go in and stuff like it just shows like how how rich and pure the like history of fenway is in a sense because it is one of the oldest ballparks in the u.s but like you get you like feel that vibe like when they're doing this whole thing because like it's been there for so long like the blueprints from it must have been like 
it's so easy to get, I guess, in a sense, like for them to be able to complete this heist. But like every scene, the way they show Boston, I feel like it's just like a character itself in the film. I mean, it is I, I, because Town really is a is a backdrop in the character as an its own character because this whole film is about how Charles Charles Town is. I almost said Charles River. Charles Town <laughs> is uh, Charles Town is the number one place in the world, well, in the U.S. at least, that is the most bank heist and most uh, money truck robberies. So, like that being like the major drop- backdrop of it was a so right, definitely, and you know. Here's the thing. I can actually go back into this and everything and watch it right whenever it picks up with the Red Sox and everything. I was just feeling the energy from the crowd and everything else. Like you're actually inside the Fenway Park and everything in that area and stuff like that. And you actually feel the inside of that whole entire area because I've never been into that other backdrop and stuff like that that you mentioned. But you actually have a sense of the employees. You actually feel like you're an employee walking through there with Ben and everything, trying to get that money back and everything too. Oh, it's like it's it's funny because like like I said, I did work there. So like that's literally like how it is. Everyone's just like doing their own little job, but like there's so many different people like walking around and stuff. I used to always say them like, how did I never just be able to walk into Fenway? Like no issues at all. I mean, nowadays obviously security is way like stronger and stuff. But like I'm just like random people could just wander in here. And I mean one example, I guess you just have to dress up as a cop and you could possibly get away with it. Like, especially with those strong Boston accents that they had, it kind of worked for them in their favor. So definitely. And then also too, like you were saying though, with all the streets and stuff like that, and then saying, Hey, I used to walk down this street. I used to hang out at this area. This mm. is where my friends grew up in and everything. You can have that nostalgia feel to it. You can actually feel oh. the vibe of walking down the street in, in a Boston area and actually have a sense that, Hey, I used to be here. You know, and it brings up a lot of nostalgia and stuff like that for me because I used to spend two months up in Boston with my with my family and everything because mm-hmm. I come from a huge Italian family. So mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. If you have an uncle Tony, you come from an Italian family. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you well, know. Oh, you gonna say sorry? <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. Oh no, I mean, like that's like the. I mean, and this is like with honestly with any Boston, like any film with Boston is like the backdrop of it. Like Mystic River, Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. The Departed, like all of those films, like uh, characterize and play Boston off so well, and it just like the history just feels so rich behind every scene mm-hmm. and every backdrop that is like shown in a sense that like it really like that is really what Boston looks like, and it just looks like we were talking about this beforehand, like. Obviously, like when people film stuff like in studio lots, like, oh, this is what LA looks like. Like, well, like this is what Chicago is like. No, this is like Boston. Like, this is like the real deal. Like, this is like where we grew up. And like the fact that we get to see it so pure on screen and the way it's represented is just, I don't know, it brings me joy. They're doing it. (laughs) Same here, to be honest with you, because here's the thing. I feel like Boston always winds up getting represented in the right way when it comes down to the films and stuff and everything. I feel like they always have the best representation on screen when it comes down to filming in Boston. And they actually understand Boston and everything. So that's something I really respect from them, you know? But then we wind up finding out, though, too, that uh, Ben Ben's character, Doug, used to be a uh, hockey player who was going to get drafted by the NHL at one time or the other. And then, of course... You know, some stuff winds up happening. He goes on a different path. Like his dad said, he goes, I gave you one thing and as a hobby. And then next thing you know, it, you take off with it. Mm-hmm. And then his father goes to jail. And next thing you know, it, Jeremy Renner's uh, dad goes on ahead, takes him in. And then that's how they start playing their heist jobs and stuff like that. So I definitely love the origin story because now you actually have context behind the characters and stuff, you know? Well, and that's like... I mean, even like, I mean, I grew up playing hockey. Fun fact, everyone. Like, <laughs> everyone probably knows that by now. But yeah, like, I mean, I I, I played in those, like, that rink before and that Charlestown rink. So it was just, like, so cool to, like, see. I, and they talk about, like, the Boys and Girls Club. Like, that's, like, so legit and it's, like, yep. so real. And especially, like, and, like, the father, like, son relationship in this film, too. Like, even though his dad's only in it for such a, like, Chris. Um, Cooper's only in it for such a little bit, though. You see and understand, you learn and understand so much more about Ben Affleck's character, Doug, mm-hmm. from just like those little conversations they had, especially when he goes to visit him in jail and they're having that, like, like, I'll see, like, Lee at the end when he says, 
I'll either see you on this side or the other side. Like it's, but like it really was true because the way he was grew up was is either I'm going to turn out like you, or I'm actually going to leave this town and move on to bigger and better things. Right, because he even said this. He said, "Look, I'm tired of living here and everything. I want to go on ahead, go somewhere else. I want to go to Florida. I want to go somewhere. I don't want to be here all this time or anything like mm-hmm. that." He's ready to move on. And, you know, and then, of course, Claire, he meets Clary whenever he winds up holding her hostage. And, you know, then he winds up falling in love with her, which, you know, is kind of like an odd type of thing in a sense. I, I but, did, it was funny because when people, like, think of that, too, they're like, oh, of course, it's like one of those, like, stupid romances. Like, you fall in love with the kidnapper or something like that, <laughs> or the kidnappy. But, like, I right. don't know. The relationship was so pure. And, like, I did like their chemistry because... She was, she is like a toonie, like is what they called her. Like she wasn't from, like she wasn't from Charleston. She was from like outside of like that area in Massachusetts. Like probably like just not in the city itself. So they called her like a toonie and stuff. So it was like cool to see like that toonie and like that towny kid himself like falling for each other because it's even that cute little scene. Like yes, I call it cute when they meet each other in the laundry mat. Like obviously he's spying on her because he's trying to get like tabs on her and stuff just to make sure she's not like gonna snitch on them and stuff because she definitely heard their voices and everything like that and saw the tattoo on the back of Jeremy Renner's uh, neck. So, like, that little scene, though, when she's, like, starts, like, crying, when she asks him if he has change, and he's, like, no, and then she, like, starts crying, and he, like, he's, like, <laughs> he's, like, I right. like to have a good cry at the nail salon. Like, but, like, that's, like, right there, like, you could tell, like, he was, like, generally, like, kind of, like, a good guy, and he actually right. was trying to, like, figure out his, like, footing in life and he didn't want to do what he was doing the rest of his life. He wanted to like make it better. And I think meeting her definitely was like his jumping point of that. Like I should change. Like I could be a good person kind of. It's also like gritty as well. No high page. I see how it is. Hey, guys. Okay, Tell it everybody to page, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love the whole smart assy, uh, Ben though, when he goes, Hey, do you have a uh, change, change for the, for the uh, laundry? Nah, I don't have it. And then yeah. basically <laughs> just trying to brush her away. And then all of a sudden she's, you have that little PTSD moment of mm-hmm. them holding the gun to her head and then just seeing the horrification of what happened. Yeah. And you can see it in her eyes and everything. There's something more to her that's being horrified because of what they've done. And there's also that guilt and shame that he carries with them. Exactly. So and, that's, and that's what I liked a lot about that scene too, because it shows that like he knew what he did was wrong. So that's why he wanted to be the man to take the, like keep the tabs on it because obviously we knew what Jeremy Renner was gonna do. Mister Jem himself was definitely just gonna go t- uh, do a hit real quick and have no issues with it at all. Exactly, just put a bullet in her head and that's it, yeah. and be done with it. Cover up all the loose ends. And I like mm-hmm. how Ben is like trying to be all on, you know, just carrying on a conversation. So did they see anything? What did, did what, what did the FBI say? Did yeah, like the guy or what? You- <laughs> wouldn't like wouldn't you think if someone was asking me that I'd be like, were you like one of the guys? Like, why are you asked me twenty one questions about something so dramatic? Like, well, like, I did think that scene was like a little interesting because I was like, if I was here, I would have been like, why are you like ask? Like, then again, I asked twenty one questions about everything, so people right. would probably be like, you're sketchy. Why do you want to know see, all this? Like, <laughs> see, for me though, trying to get to know somebody, and then they say, hey, look, before we go on this date any further, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, there's some stuff that I got to tell you. Um, I, I was held hostage at the bank and everything. And so it raises the question, okay, um, so did they get any, did they get the guy or what, or did they not get the guy? Is there a suspect? Is there not a suspect? It's just like average things that people off the street would probably ask because. Yeah, no, exactly. To, yeah. So but it's just like, obviously like since us as an audience know that like he was part of it and stuff, you're just like, yeah, like you should feel awkward saying this. Yeah, Jeremy Renner's character is a nutbag in this movie, but I love every second of it. Because, I mean, we were going to talk about... I mean, we were going to, like, talk about... uh, I mean, we can, like, touch upon this at some point, too, but, like, the accents, too, in the movie. Yeah, Like, Jeremy Renner kills it. Like, we'll get further down that. But since we're already talking about, like, little, like, uh, like, dialogues and stuff, like, what is your favorite... Like, what's your favorite, like, quote or something from this movie? I mean, there's so many quotable moments in this film. Okay, so my favorite quote is, like, when Ben and and her, when Doug and her are having dinner, and basically this is what winds up happening. He goes, so, you know, this guy's going to go at least 10 years in prison if you go on him and ID him, trying to get her not to press charges against uh, Jim. 
But mm -hmm. I also like how they did it like this. He goes, yeah, the guy's going to probably go do 10 years in prison. He's going to be in prison for a while. Then they're going to let him go. He goes, how do you know all this? And mm -hmm. then he goes, oh, I watch a lot of the NCIS. <laughs> you know, I thought that I, was I watch... a bit, like, little do you know. <laughs> but no, I, and I like that scene like when he walks her back to her place after too. And he, she's just like. Cause he's like, oh, like I know you like drive a Prius, and she's like, wait, how do you know that? And he was like, oh, it's just a crazy guess. But then she was like, yeah, I was like being terrorized and stuff. So I, my favorite, like probably like one, at least one of my favorite scenes is when when Ben Affleck's Doug goes to Jim, uh, Jimmy Renner's character, and was right. just like, I need your help. Like I can't tell you what it is, and you can never ask any questions. But we're gonna, go, we gotta go hurt some people. And my the best response I think for any like film line ever goes whose car are we gonna take like no like no, no questions, questions asked. Like, you don't need it because like that's a true friend right there that's got your back no matter what i guess he's got you back when it comes to only doing horrible crime <laughs> stuff but i mean it's a pretty good friend to have i guess when it when it comes to a scenario like that like exactly especially the part where they go on ahead especially the guys that are terrorizing her and they go up to their to the apartment and then what they wind up doing is they wind up doing this uh they dress up in hockey masks and oh those then, hockey masks were dope by the way i love those hockey masks i wanted to see them do a heist with those masks on you but. see i thought that's what they were gonna do i would like to actually see like a boston uh bruins uh heist job that they were gonna do or whatever for like an wow. extended scene or something that would have been cool. maybe we'll get a, the town too and they'll like rob the garden or something right <laughs> exactly <laughs> hold on uh let us see it says no questions asked yep exactly that's a true friend right there yes definitely. we're gonna take but like even but, when they're in even when they go into that guy's house too and like they're beating the crap out of each other and of course jeremy renner takes it a step further and whips out his gun and shoots the guy right in his kneecap and Lily takes the mask right off and goes, you see my face. Like, you're going to call the cops? You see my face. But remember, I've seen yours, too. So, like, right there, I'm just like, this dude is a ballsy mother trucker. I don't know if I can swear on this. But I was like, that dude's got some wicked, his balls hang wicked low. Like <laughs> Definitely, most definitely. Because then, what? Then of course, what we see Jimmy do is he goes on ahead, shoots him in the leg, and then walks off like nothing even happened. And then yeah. Doug just looks at him like this. Like yeah, <laughs> every time like it's funny though. I feel like there's there's so opposites because Lee Doug every time he's just like not the voice of reason, but he's just like you're just like taking it a step further. That does it. Like let's just go in there, do what we got to do when it comes to a heist and when it comes to going to show this guy not to mess with the, not to mess with like chicks to like let's just go and prove a point. Like scare him, not freaking like almost kill him. Like. <laughs> Exactly, and then of course we, let's talk about Agent Adam Far, for, uh, Frawley though too. He's actually trying to take these guys down, and he's trying to find out who who's actually doing the heist jobs and everything. I like how oh, he's piecing uh, yeah. everything together. He's like, let's just go on ahead, bang on some doors, and see what happens. Yeah, no, I like, and I thought John Hamm did such a good mm -hmm. job in this role as the FBI agent because he really like he's an asshole, but he's doing his yeah. job like. Like he has, he's the way they piece it all together too, and how they figure kind of everything out. Like the, uh, I forget the guy's name, the guy that was like his partner or the guy who was working with when they like figured out like the youngest guy in the crew, um, all the way right there above me. Yeah. That like all of his sick days <laughs> were on the same day of the heist. Like, right. like the little things that they were piecing together to fill big, fill, uh, to figure out the bigger picture, but obviously they had no fingerprints. And that was like the, the best thing about it is the way they did their heist, they were just, so, every step they made, they knew to cover their own tracks. Definitely. Like even with that chase scene, when they're like the second uh, scene, when they're trying to steal the, from the, uh, the truck and they have to like get away. And it's pretty much just like, them against the cops like driving that was a cool ass scene to see that was i mean i was on the edge of my seat well on the edge of my bed rather or whatever <laughs> you want but still you know i was i was like oh my god this is like gta but an advanced level yes <laughs> you know? yeah right it literally was and the way that it literally is because if you guys want to know how to play really good video games and get away with pretty heights watch this movie. Right. but uh no it really wasn't like them like always using like bleach or like gasoline to yep. blow stuff up after the cover like so genius and then like the fact that one of them like steals uh they go to like a barbershop and they take all the hair, the hair. from the floor yep. and that's how like the, 
they're like, now they have everyone's DNA from Charlestown. Yeah. Like, that's how you get away. Like, it's smart how they get away with stuff. Exactly. I'm just saying. The way they depict this movie, like, it's funny. When you see a lot of movies like this, I mean, then again, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, The Inside Man. Like, yeah, like, I've seen like, it. and, like, Spike Lee's film. Like, that yeah. is, like, a smart heist film. But, like, there's not very many smart heist, heist films like this. No, unless you count uh, Den of Thieves, which is also another good heist film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, there are not that many good heist films at all that, you know, that takes yeah. it on the serious note. Yeah, exactly. we have the Italian. Don't get me wrong. We have the Italian job, and I love the Italian <laughs> job. But the Italian job, you're just going for the ridiculousness of the Italian yeah. job and what it is. But with this, you're going in for the full throttle of the thriller, of the ride, of exactly. seeing if Ben is actually going to get caught. What's the outcome for these guys who grew up in Boston? And everything. That's exactly. what you're going oh, yeah. for. And if and this you, FBI agent is going to take them down. Yeah, and it felt just so authentic and realistic, too. Like, I mean, people, like us two from, like, the Boston area, like, like, to me, it felt so authentic. And, like, yeah, I've never robbed a bank. Not that I know of. <laughs> Not that you people know of, I should say. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, like, I mean, we've all dealt with, like, uh, nonsense, like, Boston cops. That, like, right. like, it's, like, shit like that. Like, it's, it's the way everyone acts in this film is just so legit. And I know this is, like, a random part, but, like, I love that scene in the film when they finally, when they have the, uh, the nun mask on and they finally get away and they're in the, uh, the jeep the other jeep or whatever it was and they turn over and they get out of the car and they look and there's this uh it's i don't think it was a stadium i think it was just a boston cop yeah it was and just a city police at them and yeah and they're just like and he just turns away like that was just like i was just like yeah that well, shit think actually like, happens <laughs> right because here's the thing he's outnumbered they have automatic weapons for crying out loud that, well that's and, true yeah <laughs> and then also too think of it like this though too backup could be all the way across the other side of Boston. So therefore, mm -hmm. by the time that he calls it in, and by the time everything happens, he could be dead. Oh and he's yeah, all, yeah, he's outnumbered though too. So that's yeah, that is, I mean, he probably worked for Fergie's like payroll, anyways. Too like when a guy like that, when you guys, when people do stuff like this, like they got cops working on their payroll. Like let's be honest, like you don't get They're away with as many stuff as you do with unless you know a few people along along the line. So right, <laughs> but, but I just love it how they get out of the car and then what they do is they just stare at the guy and then they're looking at each other he's like he's like fuck this <laughs> yeah. and I just love that like no one was like too like everyone was, it's just like one of those awkward silent moments and it was like oh shit what's gonna happen like that I, to me like that was like a gullible moment like it was actually like for such a serious film like that was a funny moment for me just like right see that happen because that's probably what really would happen because that cop was not that dumb he's like i'm not gonna get shot over this dumb shit right now it's like exactly one. like exactly because here's the thing though too like i like dark humor if it's landed well and that to mm -hmm. me is very dark humor dealt in the right kind of context without oh, yeah. even having any dialogue Yes. I love perfect. when you don't have to try hard to get like the laughs or the smirks, then you're doing it right. If you don't have to try right. hard, like this was not a try hard moment at all. It was just one no. of those like, oh shit moments that you're just like, <laughs> that's pretty funny because <laughs> right. you knew which way that could have gone. So definitely. And then also, too, the crazy thing for me, and see, t tell me if I'm wrong here, but remember when the cops come over to where Ben and all them work at? Then just casually goes on ahead, takes off his helmet, hands it over, yeah. then goes over to the police car. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're not. Oh, a yeah, I, so, I thought so. that was funny too. Um, I thought I thought that was funny too because I'm just like, oh, thank you, Brandon. She's from New Orleans, so. <laughs> Where is she from? From Louisiana. Oh, okay. So, so she kind of has that close to Boston accent, like you and I do, in a sense. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But. You know, to me, though, him going over to the car and everything and just handing, like, Ocelot takes off his helmet, hands it over to the worker, and then gets in the police, and gets handcuffed and gets to put in the police car. I'm like, hold up, hold up. You're not supposed to act like you're a suspect. Yeah, like, well, I think like, that's the thing. It was like, he's been in trouble so many times. Like, he knew the drill. He knew what they were coming for. Like, he's just like, go ahead. <laughs> like, I, he, he definitely knew that they knew, but there was no proof. Because right. there's no fingerprints, there was nothing. There was nothing that they could charge him on. So he was just like, "You guys can know all you want, but I mean, obviously, one they all have al good alibis. Like 
two, they all got each other's back. And three, they cover up all of their trails that, like, nothing is going to get really destroyed in the way unless they can... Like, even John Hamm's character says it, like, find a fingerprint. Like, find something that looks like a fingerprint to get... So we can just get them. Because they really couldn't... And, like, even, like, at the scene when he's, like, taking the FBI, like, undercovers, they're taking pictures of Doug and uh, Jim, like, at, like, the family cookout and stuff. And Ben Affleck's character is even this, like, yeah, try to hide your undercover cars a little bit better because, like, with the black tint and the antenna sticking, like, four inches back on, like, the windshield, like, is, like, everyone in Boston can tell you what an undercover looks like. And everyone, I mean, I can exactly. tell you what an undercover looks like. like Same here. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just things like that. It's, like, so authentic to Boston. and But, like, so real, too. Like, he, he they, they know the deal. They're like, yeah, we are the bad guys. But guess what? You have no proof to charge us on any of this stuff. So go ahead and drive. Exactly. And I like how all their alibis just work together because they get the heavy set dude at Banana, which is my favorite part. He goes, Okay, get down on the brown bitch. And then yeah. he like, and then goes, I'm, I'm not going to say anything else. He goes, Why? Yeah. Because, man, there's, there's autisticity. I, I, I'm trying to do the way that you want me to do it and everything, but I just mm-hmm. can't do it. But the authenticity, he goes, What the hell? <laughs> he's acting like he's resetting his script. I, I thought that was so funny and that's like I love that scene because like it, that scene reminds me a lot of the usual suspects like when they have to when they're in the lineup and they have to like say like say the line that they're given in a sense like it's just so funny because he's just like obviously I'm not going to say it the way you want me to say it one but two I'll go ahead and try but like that's not how I said it so exactly but I, I just love that scene it cracks me up every time I watch this movie and then you go into the other room and their stories are all lining up and there are separate rooms, which they do in the interrogate. He goes, hey, tough guy, by the way, we got a finger, a thumbprint. And, and of course, they don't have anything. They don't have no thumbprints yeah. and they all know it. And they have no choice but to let them go. Next thing you know, they're blowing the money on strip clubs, things like that. And yeah, exactly. Drugs. They have to clean the money. And they right. and the funny thing was they knew how they were going to clean the money too. Like, obviously, the, yes, these FBI <laughs> agents like knew what they would like. They they know their job pretty well like and it's just like funny to see like them doing that because they're like well we have to clean this money so let's go do exactly what these cops are saying we're going to do like but they're exactly it so it's okay definitely then then they're getting away (laughs) right another thing though too with the whole entire sisters uh heist thing that they did with the nuns and remember doug didn't even want to do this job he's like Mm -hmm. no i don't want no guy that was in the army that ha- that walks around with a strut and knows knows business. I'm going for verbatim. I'm not quoting, but yeah, and that's why I like he's the art. He was the architect in the crew. He was the one that scoped out everything and knew every like knew everyone that they were going to be dealing with and stuff like that. And obviously, they like they should have just listened to what he was saying because like obviously he knew what he was talking about. Like you know, go mess with people that tuck their shirts in, like right. <laughs> and think they're hot shots because they get to carry a gun, like. They're gonna try to like possibly use it. You want to go after the fat guy that doesn't tuck a shirt in. That's just like I'll give you the money because I'm not gonna get shot over this. Like exactly, the guy who's just clumsy spills his uh, coffee on his shirt. That just don't give a shit. That, yeah, that kind of guy. Exactly. is the kind of guy that you want. But then you go on ahead. You see the florist shop and everything. You see these Irish guys, these old school gangsters kind of looking people. But here's the thing: there's only two people in this thing. There's not like a mafia mafioso kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's just two guys who own a florist shop. So you have this old guy threatening Doug, who just has like a little uh, reef from a funeral home that he puts on Ben's door because he actually get Ben was crazy enough just to go on ahead and give him his his address because you can meet yeah. me over on Bunker Hill. I don't care. And then yeah. oh, when like, he does, yeah, when he does, I couldn't remember if he brought that to Claire's house or. But yeah, no, he, well, I think it, no, I think it was Claire's house because he okay, was like, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, because he, he was like, should I send the, the funeral arrangements to your girl's house? And then obviously right. he's like, oh, she's not, Claire's not talking to him at that time. So like when he walks like by her house, like, it's like I, obviously he was just like kind of taking a little peek. But um, he like saw that and he was just like, fuck, like Fergie means business. Like he was the mule. Yeah. He was the one that set everything up. And like obviously he was, he's been part of, like the underground world of bank robbery for so long, like he worked with their daddies, like right, and it's hard to get out of something like that, yeah. Too, and also too, this is also too whenever Claire's not speaking to him because of the fact that the FBI is at their door, 
at, at her door and everything, questioning her. Also, too, she sees it, he sees this expensive necklace and everything, too. And then he goes on ahead and tells her, oh, look, let's look at these pictures right here. And it's actually Doug. It's actually uh, Jeremy Renner's character and stuff like that, too. And before you know it and everything, Doug comes back to her apartment and everything. And that's when everything unfolds. Oh, and he goes, dude, Look, yeah. Dude, that's why I, I literally say, like, I give everyone, like, the, every single cast member in this film, like, so much kudos because everyone portrayed their characters so well. Like, like from when Rebecca Hall was seeing the photos. Hold on one second. Sure. But yeah, whenever uh, Rebecca Hall was being shown the pictures and everything, when and stuff she's like seeing that, yeah. when she's seeing those photos for like the first time and stuff, like it just goes back to that scene too, like when you're seeing uh, when they when uh, Jem runs into them while they're out to eat, and yeah, Mark, well, yeah. I mean Mark Wahlberg, Ben Affleck like, covers up his <laughs> his neck tattoo because we all knew that he's like she's seen it, so like little things like that, like leading up to these points that when she actually saw the photos of them it was just like it felt like such a surreal moment because she was just like shit like was i just being used the entire time because then obviously right. the necklace and stuff and then you have blake lively's character who plays like the junkie supposedly baby mama which isn't really his kid but it's gems jeremy renner's sister so like little things like that like everyone just plays their character so spot on and just like the authentic and it's so funny too like I know I'm kind of stepping away with what you just said, but like, no, 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 it's Blake, fine. Blake Lively is such a beautiful, beautiful woman. So like, she is so crush for life, and the fact that she plays like a hardcore like junkie, like she does it so damn well though. And like even like making a deal with, like, he's not a DA, but making the deal with the FBI agent John Hamm, like because like she she gets a DUI, and he's just like, well, if you want to see your kid again, like what kind of what are the, what what's the next thing going on kind of and she gives them away right. pretty much like well also too he also uses the tiffany um necklace as leverage because oh, i have yeah. a question because i got a question for you he goes how long have you and doug been together and has he ever bought you anything from tiffany's and she turns her so then she's pissed off to the point yeah. where she's going to get drop everything on on him now because yeah. that that's that's really what sets her off. Oh, and dude, that the mind games that the uh, cops will play with you, especially the FBI agents. Man, like they knew that he want that was his thing. He's like, I need to somehow get someone to pin against them to be able to give me like leverage on them, and that's who they used was Blake Lively's character because they were just like, like even when he sees her in the bar, kind of too, and he's like asking them questions and stuff like. And like talking about like the money, for example, <laughs> like Mr. Six Inches. Like I love, I love that line. Like they're talking about how long a twenty dollar bill is, but right. it's like and how much it weighs and stuff. But like but, little things like that, like oh, it's just that, and that's the thing. He he used everything against. He used everything Rebecca uh, Ben Affleck's character was doing for Rebecca Hall, Claire, against Blake Lively's character. I I forget her name off the top of my head for some reason. Too. Um, but, uh, like for her to like, remember, like right before he does like the heist at Fenway, like she literally goes and goes, where are you going? Like, I'm going with you. And he's like, no, you're not <laughs> like, I'm leaving with someone else. Like, and then also too, Claire also, uh, quits her job though, too. I know we're skipping and jumping around, but that's okay. I'm having a good time. I know. Time. Sorry that I did that. No, 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 Don't, don't. I'm having a good time just doing it like <laughs> this though, to be honest with you. But you know, um, then there's also the other thing, though, too. The FBI agent's like, you know how I told you you weren't a suspect? Well, now you're a suspect because now, because she quit her job, which makes her even more of a suspect before, because now you need to go get a lawyer. Yeah. So, yeah. And, th and that was the thing, too, is just oh. like, it, it, there we Crystal. go. Crystal. Thanks, okay. Charlie. <laughs> yeah, she definitely, like, I mean, if you look at it, too, like, obviously, before she, like, knew who... Who, before she knew who he wa like, was, like, even from the cop perspective, like, when they were trying to figure everything out, like, it does, like, look like she was kind of, like, helping him out in a sense, even though she wasn't at all. Because, like, obviously she quit a job because of, like, the PSD of, like, that trauma right. that she faced. And it's so crazy to think that, like, that all that trauma she faced was from Ben Affleck's, like, from Ben Affleck and his crew in a sense. 
that like depict their whole relationship like about this like film in a sense too right and another thing though too that i want to mention is this i mean then he turns around the fbi john ham does such a great job at doing doing what he does because i liked him in baby driver but i also liked him in this though too oh yeah he does such a good job of leaning this down he goes by the way we're a national agency so he's <laughs> yeah. like, like a badass like cop in this movie. It's so funny to see him in like this film and then in like Baby Driver, like as like the opposite end of it all, like right. Spectrum. But like no, like it's just so good too. He he plays such a like I want to see him in like I don't watch CSI, but I'm like he'd be great in that show or like I Law and so Order. <laughs> like I could totally see it though. I could see it. hundred percent. Um, he was so good in it. So this time. I- now at this point in everything, Fergie is setting up everything in Fenway for mm-hmm. them to rob Fenway Park, and I'm like, this is going to go down south really bad. Oh yeah, I mean even Ben Affleck's character too said it was like, I'm done. Like that was my last job. Like I don't want to do this. And right. Fergie was like, you don't have a choice. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna clip your balls if you don't do this. Like pretty much like mm-hmm. what it was coming down to. Like you're gonna, do, you're gonna do this for me because I told you to. And so, like, obviously, at the start, everyone's just like, this can either go really well or really badly. Exactly. So it's going to be a hit and miss no matter what I feel like. Right, because remember, he also said this to Fergie, though, too. He said, if anything happens to Claire, I'm going to come back over here, and I'm going to blow your brains out mm-hmm. inside your shop. And that gave me goosebumps every single time when I hear that quote. And this movie does have a good heat vibe to it, Ravel yeah. Kilmer, and yeah, it definitely does have that vibe with Al Pacino. But... You know, and then we wind up getting into the whole entire heist thing. And I'm thinking to myself, is Fergie just sitting them up to feel to where the, instead of them whacking them, because they already caused a lot of heat already with the robberies. And I'm thinking on a gangster level. I'm thinking like mafioso level. Mm-hmm. These guys already screwed up. They they already got called into the police department, even though they don't have anything in it on them. The FBI is on them. They did two robberies that went awry. And now here we are and everything. As a guy who's looking for these this crew to do a job, I'm thinking that he's trying to get him whacked and let the let him be taken out. Yeah, that was I mean, my perspective of it was either A, I'm like, yeah, like you're drawing way too much heat on yourself. Haha, <laughs> no pun intended. But um, like, no, you really like they were drawing so much heat on themselves, but then again, it's just like well, maybe no one will think that we're going to do this because there's so much heat on us, kind of, in a sense. And maybe that's why he thought he could get away. And he also knew someone. He had a man on the inside that could... Supposedly. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's the guy that, like, lets them in, like, leads right. them to, like, the cash room and stuff. And that's why he kept saying, like, <laughs> you didn't see me or, like, you didn't know I was here or something like that when he, like, right. brings them in there. But, like, and they're like, dressed so- up as cops. They're dressed up yeah. as, like, cops, though, too. Dude, the costumes in this film, like... The role play they all got to play was so cool. Like they got to be <laughs> skeletons. They got to be uh, Boston PD. They Correct. got to be ambulance drivers. They also got to be nuns. Like we and also then, see Matthew as like uh, M- uh, um, uh, oh my god, what, why can't I think of what a bus driver is called in Boston? Oh, um, the MT- this, that's, that's bad the on M- my part. MBTA, MBTA. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. I was going to say that was going to be bad on my part because of the fact that my uncle used to drive a bus. <laughs> so that was going to be bad on my part if I wound up doing that. But, you know, um, but yeah, you got to see a lot of espionage when you think about it, though. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, he actually got to be a paramedic and a cop. And the costumes look so real, though, to be honest with you, with the cops outfits and everything. This came out like this is like authentic suits on the way they look. Oh, and yeah. they're going through it with their aviator glasses, and then they go into the cash room, and they're and they're like, "What? You guys can't see?" <laughs> he goes, "What? Yeah. You guys called me." He goes, "What? You guys called me about the call? You know the call? Where's Joey? Joey's in the back. What are you talking?" Yeah, they look at. We got a nine one one call. Who called? Everyone get on the ground, and, the, and then they all like it. Literally goes into like a Mexican standoff for a hot second, and then those guys are like, right. "Yeah, let's get on the ground real quick." Like. <laughs> And the funny thing is, there's just two guys holding them at gunpoint whenever they're actually outnumbered. <laughs> Doug and yeah. James is actually outnumbered. Mm-hmm. But they were going to get away with like $3 million so that way they can go their own separate ways. Dude, and much. at first, dude, like, they kind of like, oh, I mean, if if uh, Chris, Krista, is that her name? Yeah, Krista. Uh, uh, 
Blake Lively's character, if she didn't tip off John Hamm's uh, FBI uh, character, they probably would have gotten away with this, or at least like would have been able to escape. And like because they literally they made it back to the uh, ambulance with the mo- the money. All they had to do right. was at that point just get away. Exactly. And, but it all went downhill when I and I love that the scene that happens when it's like so silent and you just like see like Ben Affleck like looking around. It's like something isn't right, and he just looks out like the garage doors of Fenway and he's just like when he sees that he's just like there's this land down street is literally just like jam packed with like SWAT cops everywhere and then you just know from there on out like shit's about to go down and you just have like everyone in Fenway though still doing their job like no biggie or anything that really and like I said I worked at Fenway so that's like really how it is like before games start and stuff everyone's prepping up their stands right, everyone's just getting everything that needs to get done like prior before like uh, the first ball is thrown so like right and also too here's the thing whenever Ben's looking around there's that airy stillness of quietness mm. and I can't like for that it was reminding me of something like on Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that where basically you're ready for Freddy Cougar to come out of the corner but it's FBI agents coming in and everything too so you have them inside then you also have FBI out on the outside though too so you have this eerie quietness and all of a sudden FBI on the ground and all of a sudden it's just chaos. Oh, dude, everything. that, like, that whole scene and stuff, it's just, I, I mean, that's just, like, such an awesome scene when they're in Fenway and they're trying to figure out how to escape. Pretty much, like, they obviously have the standoff with, like, the SWAT team, like, inside of Fenway and, like, tr- trying to get figure that out. And then the guy in the uh, money truck right next to them starts, like, shooting at them. But, like, Ben Affleck's, like, has this great idea to, like, shoot inside the truck and to open up the garage door so he can drive out and they're going to think that that's them even though it wasn't but then you also have like the SWAT team doing like doing like the silent bombs that like disoriented everyone yeah. and obviously the youngest guy like stood up and because he was so disoriented he just stood up and got shot right in the head like and then like and then you have like the driver gets uh gets shot in the chest but obviously they have bulletproof vest on so like he's like technically like okay and he like t- and he literally takes one for the team. He's just like, I'll go out there. He's like, yep. I, I forget what he exact words he says. He said, he, uh, like, he said, I can take a pinch. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, I can take a pinch. He's like, I got you guys. Like, and he and he was such a like, good. For, sorry, my dogs are going off right no, now. No, no, no. Don't, don't love the it. town. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to uh, though too. <laughs> so and like the and that it was just like so crazy though. Like. When he like drives off and obviously ultimately like gets killed and stuff, but then it's then it's just leads you to like your two main characters, and yep. it's just like all right, wh- what happens now? Because they have at least some of the money. They obviously I think some of the money was in the the ambulance, but they uh, they Jeremy Renner's character had like the bag full a bag full of money at least. Yeah, over probably two mil, if not more. Oh, yeah. he definitely had like a, a stack with him no matter what and like that whole scene of them like actually getting it was so smart though because they were like no one's looking for cops right now they're looking for paramedics right like that's so like they were like pretty much like in the clear and stuff until uh uh john ham like sees jim we ran his character and he keeps like calling he's like jim jim and like <laughs> And he like when he turns around, he like starts shooting at him and stuff like. And then it's just like literally becomes like the Mexican standoff, and it's just like such like a heated that that whole scene too. So emotional. it was brutal. It was great. It, it was it definitely really brutal. was. Like especially like he's he's running from the cops, like, and he ends up getting shot in the leg, and he's like sitting behind the uh, the like <laughs> the police the, car, the, the, the police, police car, and like the mailbox, right. and, and then there's like. <laughs> yeah, there's like a cup there, and he's yeah. I think that I thought, he, but I think he knew at that moment. He was like, "These are my last moments. Give me this gross ass, probably uh, like diet Pepsi that's like old and flat as hell, and let me just drink this real quick because I'm probably gonna get AIDS from just drinking this. So I guess right. I'll just go off with the bang." And like that whole scene when he just like goes and like he's like, "Yep, I surrender," but you obviously know he's gonna go up with a like. With, with the bank, bank, no matter what, and that seemed like, and you can just see it too in like Ben Affleck's character's eyes, like when Jeremy Renner gets shot, that he's just like, 
there's nothing like he could have done. No. Like that is just and that's why like the two characters were so different, but like relied so much on each other because like obviously one was like the silent one and one was the one that would go out there and do anything right. and like wasn't afraid to say anything. Exactly. And then of course, you know, you see Doug and everything goes into the police car and then he goes on ahead, ducks his head like that. Mm -hmm. Then he goes into the, where the florist is and he goes, Hey, Hey, where's Fergie at? Where's Fergie? Come, come here. I got something to tell you. Everything went to hell. Bam. Shoots him in the head. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden he goes to Fergie. Fergie is over there trying to shoot uh, Doug. Doug is over there trying to shoot Fergie. Fergie goes on ahead and misses him. And then all of a sudden Doug winds up shooting him in the leg. Then Doug, Fergie goes down and he goes, by the way, I'm the one that's going to clip your balls now. And yep, <laughs> I love that. I love that team. He's just like, don't forget who clipped your nuts. But, yep. Like, <laughs> Like in the end, and he and he walks away and he gets some money at least from the whole thing because he's just like I just took down the mule right there of of the boss like of the uh, Charlestown like bank heist so like he's exactly. like I'm free now pretty much and I love that scene like he gets away and then you see him like trying to like <laughs> it is yeah, honestly it yes it definitely is to me personally I think that is one of the best kills and uh, like when he's like getting away and stuff and he like he calls up Claire and he's just like. And he's like talking to her on the phone, like, I want to see you, blah, blah, blah. And like, obviously, he knows that the FBI are there. And at first, you're just like, wow, she's really going to screw him over like that. And like, obviously, he was just, he cared about her and he just knew she was like a good person that like he understood, like, why, like, kind of why she had to do it. But when she says, like, the, like, the famous line, like, it's, I can't wait to see you. It's one of those, it's one of my, it's like my favorite, it's, it's, I can't wait to see you on this like sunny day or these, like the sunny days. Like yeah. Right. And like, obviously in that scene is from earlier in the film when she talks about how on days like that, like on sunny days, it reminds her of death and like suicide because her, her brother um, died when she was younger. So like little things like that, like it leaded up so much to that part of the film. Like when she says that, like, the sunny days thing like you just see the smirk on ben affleck's like face like wow she actually does care about me and does love me and stuff yeah one of my sunny days sundays yep like when she, and he like smirks and he's just like she really does care about me and does love me and so and that was like the hint of not to even though he wasn't going to go there anyways but it was like the hint that like really not to go there exactly and so he winds up leaving and then of course the fbi and everything is all now it wants to work. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, Stringers has been a little glitchy lately. Uh, so, anyways, um, basically, he winds up leaving and he knows that the FBI is there. John Hamm is pissed off because now he knows that she pretty much tipped him off, tipped Doug off, and everything. And he goes, Well, I hope you're happy. And then the, her lawyer comes out and goes, Well, this could have been the best thing that ever happened to you. And then, yeah. next thing you know, it John Hamm's character winds up finding a note. It says, go F yourself. And mm -hmm. then... I mean, well, I love that scene, too, because <laughs> yes. And he, like, smirks, too, because he's like, that motherfucker got away. Exactly. Like, he, he was just too smart for us, like, in a sense. Like, and he's like, well, he's like, I'll get him one day, hopefully. But, like, obviously, I think we all know he's, uh, he's gone off to the Florida tangerines. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then you see him going into the boys and girls club garden and everything, planning everything there. And then after that, he goes on ahead and dresses up into an M MBTA outfit that we mentioned before. And then, of course, uh, he goes off going over to Florida. And then he winds up telling Claire that I'll see you uh, sometime soon, either in this life or the next. Just like his father told him. Yeah, like I'll see you on this side or the other. Was, like, and I love that scene too. It's, I, I really love that scene. Like, that scene gives me like the uh, the chills for some reason, and it kind of like makes me tear tear up a little bit because it's just like, it's like, like everything that like happened and all that led up to that point that like he really did just want to like better himself, and he was just like, this is the change I need, kind of in a sense, and that like. I want us to be able to like be with each other no matter what kind of at the end, like he was sorry for what he did and everything that he put her through and kind of with like everyone that like with Jeremy, like Renner's character and just like everyone. And it was just like, it's just so surreal. I, I love this movie so much. And I, to me, this is my favorite heist movie. It's one of my favorite. It probably is my favorite Boston movie depicted movie. I'd say, um, 
I just love Ben Affleck. I love the accents in the film. Yeah, that's something that I wanted to touch on, though, too. So I'll let you go in and talk about what you liked about Ben Affleck's accent. And after that, I'll go into my little uh, did you know kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no. So, I mean, like, obviously, like, we all know Ben Affleck. Like, he obviously, his Boston accent isn't as strong as it used to be and stuff. So, like, you can definitely tell, like, his accent is, like, it's forced a little bit. Because he also didn't grow up in Charlestown. I think he was, like, a Dorchester kid. Um yeah. So, like, obviously, the accent is a little different. And so, like, you can tell, like, he he definitely had a thicker accent in the film and, like, in some <laughs> scenes, too. <laughs> and, like, and you can tell in, like, some scenes, though, like, it definitely it, it isn't doesn't seem forced. But, like, you can just tell, like, all right, he's emphasizing that more yeah. than, like, you, he usually would. But I got – but, like, no matter what, though, like, he's – the Boston accents in this film are – I think depicted like flawlessly because like you can, you can watch some like films based in Boston and the accents are just either absurd or way over the top and yep. just like ridiculous. Like people really don't pronou- try to pronounce their eyes or they're like, Pak the Khan, Hobbit Yard. Like they just right. like force it way too much. And it's like, no, it just, it's a it's study. Flow. It flows. It's just a, yeah. Right. Because I can go on here and say, look, I have a wicked piss a day. We're going to go in here, pull a Yui. We're going to go down to the packy. And then from there, we're yeah. going to go on ahead. We're going <laughs> to go and get ourselves some donkeys. You know? Yeah. It's- Even like that, though, like that, that does like sound pretty authentic. Though. <laughs> but like, but like exactly. It's just like the way, like the way that they're ta- like, they talk in this film though is it's, it's really depicted really, really well, I think. And obviously I think Ben Affleck being the director of the film and, and being like from the city himself, like I think the way it was represented, the way the city's represented, the way the accents are represented, it's like so spot on. And I don't know, it, it makes me enjoy this film so much more because like I said earlier, like so, there's so many Boston films that like the accent mm-hmm. is depicted so poorly. And the, and that's why I got to give so much props to Jeremy Renner's character. Cause oh, yeah. um, he's not from Massachusetts. So like no. his accent is like very, it's flawless. Like yeah. he doesn't seem forced. Like he just seems like that tough guy, little like that little punk that like lived down the street in Charlestown. Like right. he didn't seem kind of more like a Southie kid, like a Southie. Yeah, punk he sounded more. Yeah, he sounded more like a Southie kid going down mm-hmm. over there in the Irish part of that town because that's where Southie, basically your Irish district is, yeah. is in Southie. But the funny thing about that is, and I found this out from Howard Stern whenever he was interviewing Jeremy. And he said, man, I, there's one thing I loved about your accent is how authentic it sounds, how smooth it sounds compared to Ben Affleck's because he says he, you can definitely tell Ben was kind of restricting it a little bit more than what he normally yeah. does, like you mentioned. But he said what he liked about it was the fact that he went into prison. Jeremy Renner went to prison and studied how the Boston accent is actually flowed out of their mouths. And that's how he actually uh, was able to get that Boston accent. And I thought that was so interesting that you have an, an actor that would go through the lengths of going into the prison Mm -hmm. and trying to get some type of feel of what the accent actually is. And like you said before, Here's the thing. I don't, I love Hocus Pocus as much as the next person. <laughs> but there is no freaking Boston accents, and it's supposed to be taking place in Boston. Yeah. They did not depict Boston at all. It didn't feel like Boston. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's certain things that looks like Boston, but it's not Boston mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that ticked me off a little bit now that I'm older. But I mean they did feel in Salem and they did film in Salem, but right. in Salem like that is right. pretty freaking close to the city. So like right. I mean it's, it is probably That's only probably a half an hour away. But like it's near like Saugus and stuff and like people right. out there like have strong accents. So like right. I know exactly I know I know exactly what you mean by that. And that's the thing that like the accents are they're just so authentic. They're so good. Even though like Ben Aptic is a little forced, it's not like for it's not like poorly forced that it's like ridiculous. It's it's still so authentic and just so well done. At that everyone did such a good job in this film. They like everyone. Did. And like for Ben Affleck's um what what in the word am I looking for? Uh not his directorial debut, but like his his uh <sighs> well, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say right now. <laughs> but pretty much him being this being his second directorial film, like his comeback from Gone Baby Gone, which is another great Boston film. Yeah. That like it just like shows that this man has so much talent and knows how to represent Boston so well in his films. 
And it just makes me, I just, I love all his films. I wasn't the biggest fan of Live By Night. But other yeah, than that, either. though, like Gone Baby Gone, The Town, and uh, Argo are like some of the best movies like ever like directed. And I mean, this man, it's, I think it's just awesome that you have a Boston kid himself directing this film. I think, it, I think it shows so much more and makes the film so much more authentic than it would have been if it was someone else directing it. Most definitely. And The Town is one of my favorites. Argo is, of course, is one of my favorites. Um, I'll even go on ahead and say The Way Back is really good. It's not directed by him or anything, but that movie was good. His directing is so great, to be honest with you. I didn't really care for Live By Night. I thought it was kind of boring in a sense. Sorry, Charlie. I know that you like that movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> I know that we're probably going to talk about that tomorrow when we do our Fast, uh, Fast and the Furious 6 review. But, you know, uh, I just thought it was kind of boring a little bit. Stuff was kind of drawn out. But the book was so much better, to be honest with you. Um, Based on a book. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a reader. Depending on what it is, I like gangster uh, books, hard books, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, so that's going to be it as far as our final thoughts on the town and everything. I do appreciate everybody in the live chat keeping it live and everything. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you, Ladassia. Thank you, Charlie, for keeping it flowing. I do appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paige, for taking your time out of your night to talk about this movie. I know your schedule is crazy and everything with the movie trivia showdown, <laughs> studying and stuff like that. But, you know, I just want to say thank you again. And where can people follow you at if they want to follow you? Yeah, no, man. Uh, I just want to take more likes. Thank you, man. For, it's nice to be able to talk to, like, a fellow Bostonian and, like, talk about the town. Like, I, I love this movie. So, like, it's nice to be able to, like, talk with someone, like, about it that is from the area and understands and is able to depict it like the way I would in a sense too. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're very welcome because I figured, you know, whenever I saw you on when we did Mount Schmo down together and everything else, I'm like, you know what? I want to get her back on and everything on my show. So that way we can review the town and what better way to get two people from Boston. I'm from the East side of Boston. You're from Brockton and everything. So what better way to go ahead and do this movie review them people from Boston. Exactly. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. We got it. We got EC kid and then we got a social girl. So right. it all it all worked out in the end. It was meant to exactly. be exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, but thank you so much. And You're uh welcome. yeah, I know uh people, you can find me guys at Instagram and uh Twitter at front page news nine. And I also run my own uh movie blog on Instagram titled Feature Flicks Without the Sea for all you fun people that movie reviews, news, all that fun jazz. And guys, July 21st, if you're cool and you're a Patreon of the Schmodown, you guys can watch it on July 19th. But uh, I'm facing off against uh, Rachel Switchblade Silverstrini. So I, mean, I don't know why someone would try to bring a Switchblade to a Schmodown fight because they haven't faced these guns yet, guys. And Boston Badass is coming in hot, trying to get my first W. So definitely stay this. tuned, guys, and check that out because it's going to be a good one. It's going to be like the town kind of. I'm uh, <laughs> yes. Heisting and taking over the Schmodown with this match, guys. So, <laughs> most definitely Boston strong all the way. Uh, go Red Sox, Pats, and of course, and then of course, Celtics of course. and Bruins. But, anyways, guys, if you guys want to go on ahead, donate to the show five, ten dollars if you guys want to do it. If you don't, I completely understand. Just a simple like, a simple share goes a long way over here. Subscribe to the channel, smash that subscribe button, smash that like button, smash that like button, like I said. Also, too, tomorrow night, eight o'clock central time, nine o'clock eastern, six o'clock Pacific time, Charlie and I will be back on again to do Fast and the Furious six. And then after that, I'm taking a little bit of break on a Saturday and everything, but we'll be back on, on Sunday to do our Space Jam 2 review. So go on ahead, subscribe to our channel. We have a lot of things going here at Movie Lovers Unite. Another way that you can go on ahead and follow me at is at Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest. And yes, for some godly reason, I decided to sign up for TikTok, which I don't have any clue what I'm <laughs> going to be doing there. But if you want to follow me there, feel free to do so, kiddos. Um, so anyways, if you, and another thing, too, is go to www.movieloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs at once. And then follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and on Stereo as well. We do some shows on Stereo from time to time. And then, of course, for if you want to go in here and get your audio-only podcast, you can get that where you guys get your podcast from. And... 
that's pretty much everything you need to know where you guys can follow me at. But if you're a sponsor and want to reach out to me, just go on ahead and email me at movielovesunite at gmail.com. And always until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. See Hey guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing, and that is our $5 a month plan. It's called Movie Lovers Classics. It covers bonus episodes, reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh, little Caesar review that we just did, early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, shoutouts on the main uh, feed, early access to episodes, and then we also have... All Access Documentary Series Review, which is $10 a month. And that includes bonus episodes, Eli Roth's History of Horror, Early Access to Episodes, Monthly Newsletters, Free Digital Movies, Shoutouts on the Main Feed as well. And then that also includes our classic uh, movie reviews as well. And then our $20 a month plan is our VIP Movie Lover. And that also includes bonus episodes, classic movie reviews, interviews with independent actors, actresses, directors, and comic book writers, and it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, and shoutouts on the main feed as well. Go on ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. We hope that we'll see you there, and always until next time, guys, bye-bye.